Hello, hello, and welcome to Temple of the False Pod, where our decks aren't optimized, but our plays sure as heck are fun. I'm Andy. I'm Bruce. And uh, <clears throat> this evening, we're going to talk to you about the game of Yu-Gi-Oh. I'm bluffing. We're going to talk about magic and bluffing. I'm terrible at it, as you can tell. <laughs> this is a magic podcast. And, uh, yeah, so uh, we've both been in games where uh, we've been in a situation, and I'm sure all of you have, where you are neither the person with the most power or the least power, uh, and somebody's threatening to take you out of the game. So one of your tools in your arsenal sometimes just has to be to bluff, right? I wouldn't even wait for that moment. To me, one of the play groups that I was in early on, uh, they were uh, big on on the politics, big on threats that were just sort of hanging there, or promises of of you know of help or or whatever. Uh, what do you mean? There was, I mean, it was a steady stream of politics all the time. So you know, if you do this, I will do this. I will help you if you do this. Or I won't attack you if you attack him. Or I won't kill your big creature if you don't attack me. Right. There's all sorts of there was all sorts of politics that went on. Now, so th- there's that, but then there's the the bluffing aspect is is like a part of that because the bluff isn't necessarily I will do something you know, I will do something to help you if you then do something else. Um, in you know, when we're talking about a bluff, it's I'm saying something and you don't know if I'm going to do it. The focus to me, really, on the bluff is it very much ties into the whole concept of I'm going to attack one of two people, and one of them says something which implies it would be a grave error on your part to swing my way. But there's no reason on the board to, to believe that that's the case. That there's, you know, there's no creep, you know, if both parties have no creatures to stop you. You can easily swing in on either one of them and they're going to take the damage. Barring, unless they have something in their hands. Mm-hmm. And either one of them could have something in their hands, but one of them is saying, it's really going to hurt you if you swing at me. And people right, lo- and like, I mean, at any point in the game, like, either of them could say that. You don't know if it's true, and especially if they're keeping mana up. Like who? Like, I mean, it kind of goes the same with keeping up mana to bluff a counter. It's it's this this threat that could be there or it could be empty. Right. I don't remember the point I was going to make, but <laughs> I think like generally it's it's this thing where uh, some people just say things. Uh, to just do, get you to do nothing, right? Well, and you know the reason I brought up this early playgroup was uh, my card collection was was pretty slim back then. So and and it reflected in my decks. Uh, my decks just simply didn't have the the depth of threats that a lot of a lot of the other decks had just because i just mm-hmm. didn't have the cards to be able to make the decks that were that threatening so a lot of times my opponents knew i had some cards that could do things but they never knew if i was actually holding them or not so 
it became a question of whether should I attack Bruce or not. So, you know, sometimes I'd keep quiet and sometimes I wouldn't. And generally speaking, I mean, initially I tried to make sure that every time I said, you don't want to do that, that if they <laughs> came my way, I did something about it. I tried to create the situation where I was never bluffing, where I never bluffed, where, you know, I lost a lot of games because I would not, I was unwilling to make the statement because I couldn't back it up. It's the Canadian universe. No, no, it was the buildup. Because <laughs> once you got to the point where people believed everything you were saying, because you backed it up over and over again, your bluff, when you did mm -hmm. do it, was far more likely to be believed and then they just go elsewhere. So after, you know, after getting beat up and being trustworthy and doing all of this sort of thing for, you know, a good six months of, a, you know, with a group where we play every week, um, players started to trust that what was coming out of my mouth was the truth. And then I was able to get away with some bluffing because I would say stuff that wasn't true anymore. And the players wouldn't uh, really call me on it, at least not very often. Um, so it worked out, you know, it worked out fairly well for me. Now that was definitely the long game, but um, it was something that I felt like I really needed to work on because, because I just didn't have decks that were as strong as theirs. My, my political game and the bluffing aspect really had to be good because I needed to make up, make up ground on with, because of my weaker deck. So, yeah, I, I definitely know the feeling. I, uh, I I I have that scope of a right of a collection more or less. Yeah. Uh, when I when I need to go deeper, I just buy singles. But um, I I definitely need to work on my my bluffing. I'm so quick. I'm so quickly like oh, I got nothing, and then I uh, I move on. Like right. if somebody's threatening me with these huge creatures, or even threatening multiple of us with these huge creatures. And I'm like, oh, well, you know, like I got, I, I don't have any removal. Like, eh. and I, I mean, a bit of it's experience, a bit of it's maybe strategic. Right. Um, but uh, I, I know I've been in those games too, where it's easy to just stay quiet and see if somebody else deals with it. Right. Um, and to bluff doesn't necessarily mean you have to be spouting off. Right. You know, some of the best, best ways to bluff are um if you're simply behaving like you are like you have zero concern over you know the creature that is obviously going obviously has the capability of doing significant damage and you barely you've barely given it a thought you know you haven't reached over to 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 grab the card to get a look and see exactly what the hell this thing does because you're portraying this this attitude of i really don't care it's irrelevant because of what I have in my hand. You don't have to say anything, but you're now, you, you've already started the bluff. Now, obviously, part of that's tied to your personality. If your personality is somebody who doesn't do that, well, then nobody's, <laughs> nobody's going for that bluff. But it, you, you have to, you know, you have to do the bluff according to your personality. So if you, if, if when you play magic, you're a little more bombastic and a little more, you know, blah, 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 then, you know, that is how you have to run your bluff, assuming that you want to. Um, so the first part for this uh, particular podcast that I wanted to look at was when do you bluff? 
So I mean, always. <laughs> well, I'm. I mean, when I I started it off by you know sort of describing how I set it up in my early playgroup. The idea was that I just didn't bluff until I had developed a reputation as someone who you know doesn't bluff. That when he says something, it's gonna be true. And it wasn't until I was confident that I wasn't going to get called on it. And that's when I started to bluff. So that's certainly one, one area. Um, but I was sort of thinking more along the lines about in-game. But Yeah, it's like the reverse boy who cried wolf. Like, yeah, you just keep telling the truth until you don't. Right. Um, I got my eye on you, Bruce. I got my eye on you. <laughs> I'll take maybe, I'll take maybe. my chances. <laughs> it just maybe, maybe it means that for the next six months I've actually got to come through on all of it. <laughs> <laughs> um, as far as when though, I mean, it you really do have to call your shots, um, and you really do have to understand the board state from the point of view of your opponents. Um, I think one of the uh, the biggest areas is if your opponent is is looking to attack either you or another opponent. There is no point in making the bluff if one, one of you is the obvious target and whether you have the card or not is irrelevant. You know, if, uh, you know, if you and I, you know, are the two players that could be attacked, but right. And I'm either like really, really ahead or if I have zero blockers. Exactly. If you're at 45 life and I'm at five, right? Well, and, and you've got a massive board state, well, then there's no point in swinging at me. I'm, at that point, I'm a meat shield. So there's certainly no point in me offering up a bluff. Like, why would I say, you really don't want to attack me, as though I've got a card that's going to hurt them? Because why would you use it? <laughs> you're, you're, you're much better off in jumping straight to politics and being like, look, you can kill me, but you're just forcing Andy or you're making it easier for Andy because on the next turn, he's just going to swing at you because you'll be, you're the only option left. <laughs> or you can leave me out there and force him to send a couple creatures my way to wipe me off the board. So, you know, in those situations, it doesn't make sense to bluff. And while that, you know, while the scenario I described is fairly obvious, there are other times when it's a lot more subtle. And, you know, I mean, if you've got an opponent who's got, he's got one creature and he's going to swing with this, but he just doesn't know where. It's like, okay, well, look at it from their perspective. It doesn't do you much good to say, you know, I, I can, if you're in a, you know, if you're in a color that's, you know, that has limited removal, then threatening it is, you know, is a little more questionable. They're a little less likely to believe it. If, uh -huh. you know, if I'm running white and I've just cast swords to plowshares and you can see, all you have to do is flip through my graveyard and you can see two other removal spells in there. Well, maybe that's not the time you want to bluff because <laughs> they're likely going to call you on it because they're going to be like, no, you're full of crap. So that's probably not the best time when you, you know, to, to offer up the bluff. Yeah, or if, like, say you're in white and they put, like, down an enchantment that uh, nobody wants around. Um, if you're in white or blue or 
Uh, I guess red or green can deal with it. Black has a harder time. Like, like you have to think about the scenario in which it would be a good time to bluff and realize if you're not in it, probably shouldn't. Um, making these faces as if yeah. I can be seen. Um, it just you don't want to you don't want to create a situation where where your bluff is a you know is you saying you have a card and the likelihood of you actually having that card is barely one percent right uh, it just that it's just not believable and they're much more likely to call you on it now you know if you have it then that's a whole different story but you also don't want to be announcing that you have it because then you've right. created a scenario where okay he's not threatening me with anything so therefore he doesn't have it. So you don't want to be the person who's always saying I've got it and then coming through with it over and over again. You're better off just saying nothing. Right. And leaving like, them to wonder. But not always though. Like Well, exactly. Like, you there have are to times. Balance. You have to balance. And the issue too is is like it's sometimes very easy to find out if the bluff was a lie. Um, and right, and you definitely don't want to create a situation where that gets tossed in your face. Um, you don't want to be known as the guy who, you know, whose bluffs aren't, you know, who who is just tossing out the bluff, who is faking it. Right, because sometimes it's like, oh, like I won't, I won't kill your big creature if you don't attack me for two turns or whatever. But the the unsaid part of that bluff is, I wouldn't kill it either like if right. we don't take this deal but uh you know that that's the bluff is like that unsaid part of yeah i wouldn't do anything anyway um right yeah i mean uh if if you've just bluffed on two consecutive turns probably not a good idea to try it again yeah because at some point they are going to call you on it they have to they just have to at some point so you don't really want to be putting yourself in the situation where you have to prove that you have it so we've talked about when not to bluff what are some like some specifics about when the bluff uh just i guess any other time or well for me um, I like to save the bluff for uh, for late game situations. Mm-hmm. I mean, uh, situations where it's dire, where especially as you get later in the game, you're more you've drawn more cards. You are more likely to have whatever it is you're claiming that you have. So those those bluffs become much more believable. And on top of that they tend to involve situations where uh where the damage is way higher i can i can definitely bluff early on and try and discourage you from sending your 2-2 creature my way and maybe it'll work but then i used up a bluff yeah on something that in the end the greater scheme of things is just irrelevant so i want to save it towards the end of the game um the other part is i also don't want to do it all the time i don't want to bluff every game 
I don't even want to, bl- you know, if I'm going to bluff, I don't want to do it more than once a night. I don't want to become that person who is known for this. Because then in the end, even if you do have it half of the time, if at that point, the bluff is effectively nothing. Because they never, they're not going to know if you have it or you don't. So whether you say it has really no effect whatsoever on their, on their decision making. Because they're like, yeah, sometimes he has it, sometimes he doesn't. It just it's irrelevant because I don't know which which it is in this situation. When you bluff, you want them to be like, "Oh, he actually said that." Hmm. <laughs> now I really got to think about this because there's some weight behind this. Now, admittedly, you're bluffing in situations where where the stakes are high, so maybe they're going to look at this and say, "You know what? If he's got it, he's got it." But the idea is that you're bluffing to try and create a situation where you're like, okay, look, you could use that creature now on me or you could get a free ride and go somewhere else. So just take the free ride. And that's when you want to bluff. At least for me. What about for you? Um, it's interesting because I think there's so, there's such a... I mean, as with everything, there's this this spectrum of bluffing i think bluffing can come down to even when like somebody's doing a big play and they're waiting for that counter or they're waiting for like removal or anybody to respond to anything and you're just staring at two land in your hand and then you don't say anything you're just like all right that's fine um i mean they they have to assume that maybe you have something but for me i think uh i think with bluffing it has to be mid to late game. I think early game bluffing is absurd. Um, nobody's doing really much of anything, at least in our more casual games. Um, and it's tough because I'm so I'm so on my sleeve about everything. I wear all of my emotions pretty much on my sleeve. Makes for a, a very easy game against me, but. Uh, <laughs> I I think with that I think it's maybe I can use that to my advantage. I think that that comes with not only being young and I mean I'm not terribly young, but I'm a young person uh, and uh, emotional, but also um, inexperienced. Mm-hmm. Um, I. I never know the full consequences of when of what my my lost potential bluff is, uh, so I, I generally don't bluff. Um, but when I do, ooh, uh, I mean it's uh, <clears throat> when I do, it's it's generally you know like I, I stare at my hand, um, which is harder to do on things like spell table. Uh, <laughs> you, you don't have that like face-to-face contact of uh, immediate reactions. Um, you have to make your your intent more known. So more of these political strategies of bluffing. Um, it's hard for me to be like, okay, like I could have this card in my hand and pretend that I have this, um, but I usually go the route of bluffing by omission. Right. Uh, and I mean, honestly, the most, you know, probably the most common bluff. Just a second. Yeah, yeah, right. Hang on, hang on. Or like, on. oh, uh... And then you, then you look at your cards, and you flip them around, 
and you know you've got three cards in your hand and you're flipping through them and you're looking at them and it's you know there's an island and an island and a mountain and you're flipping through them you're like okay and then then and then they just go along and then uh, they just keep going because now suddenly they think he may have a way to stop something he just doesn't think this is worth it yet to pull the trigger and yeah. you know that's sort of the bluff beforehand because you're building you know you're trying to right. create a, a rattlesnake card you know warning people away but you don't have anything right or so. even like oh like let me know when you're going to combat yeah or very clearly leaving up all your mana yeah. uh for whatever um i think that is also an easy bluff is if i mean if you've got a handful of mana you can't really do much about or a handful of lands there's you, you can't really do much about it other than bluff um i guess mm -hmm. except if you were to just be like i got nothing all i got is a hand of land uh which i mean has its merits i guess um well here uh you know another another combat another situation like if i have a creep like Recently we played a game and I played, I can't remember the name of the spell. It gave my creature double strike and trample because it was big enough. Team or battle rage. Right. So yep. we play that. So you've seen it. Now mm -hmm. we're playing 60 card. So in the next turn, I swing with the same creature again. And, you know, before you get a chance to declare blockers, I make sure that I am showing that one red and one generic mana like i make sure that that's real clear i've got that sitting there on the board it's ready i mean to the point where i could even put my hand on it because it's spell yeah. table and that's what you can see you know that was uh that was one of the hardest choices i had to make was like is he bluffing are you bluffing having another one or do you have something like it or do you have a way to find it? Exactly. Uh, and so you're looking at that, and that affects how you decide whether or not you're going to block. Because if you assume that I have it, in other words, you go for the bluff, okay, if he has it, then his creature gets double strike and trample. Does it make sense, you know, if I know that he doesn't have double strike, I can th a double strike or trample, I can put enough creatures in front of it to kill it. But... If he has double strike and trample, well, then he does the damage, kills all my creatures before I can do anything about it, and then still spills over. So wouldn't I be better off just letting a few extra points of damage spill over and saving my creatures to crack back? <laughs> I mean, in that, you know, in, in the game that I'm talking about, which was last week, in fact, it wasn't a bluff and it was irrelevant because if Andy didn't block with everything, he was going to die. So. Right. And I think I ended up still dying. You, you ended up dying. You anyway. had exact... Yeah. So, it, I mean, uh, in that case, it wasn't a bluff. It was just, I swung. Yeah. You decide if you're going to block. Waited for the moment. Right. Yeah. And, and then, I was going to swing, whether I had the card or not. You know, that's what my... That's what that creature was out there to do. So, I would just swing, swing, swing. And I, it didn't matter to me whether I had the card or not. Because I'm like, I'll swing and take out one of your creatures. I'm good. I'll just keep rolling. But. Yeah, and I think that that's such, like, the perfect example of that is a very specific reason, or a very specific reason to always bluff in that scenario. If you didn't have it, you would kill a number of my creatures. Right. If you did have it, you would win. Um, well, then 
you have to run as though right. the bluff exists. Right. And I think with that kind of idea, it, it it's so easy to get caught up in the idea that like, oh, I should always be bluffing. And I've played games against people who just like constantly bluff and it's like, come on. Like, well, just... And like we discussed earlier, if you constantly bluff, just no one believes you anymore. You know, then yeah. it then it really is the boy who cried wolf because it it's irrelevant. Like, I know that you lie all the time about this stuff. It's, it stops <laughs> being a bluff and just starts being, look, you're just spouting your mouth off. I don't really care what you've got to say because it, it's irrelevant to what you have in your hand. So yeah. I'm just going to make my decision based on what I think I should do and go from there. So, um yeah. Uh, yeah, and before we go any further, uh, let's throw it over to our sponsor. So here we go. Uh, we'll be right back. This episode of Temple of the False Spot is brought to you by the Reaper King. Hey, I'm Big Bob, the Reaper King, and do I have the real estate for you? Are you looking for a place to go on the weekends to untap? Or as the gloom overshadowed more deepens, you're looking for a place to, I don't know, unwind a little? Do we have a place for you? Act now, because spaces are filling up at our very own Gasgate Bluffs. Just call 222-2266 and ask for me, Big Bob, the Reaper King, to get your very own Gasgate Bluff today. What? Don't you trust me? Now back to you, baby! Alright, yeah, uh, anyway. So, finally, is the, and we've, we've already alluded to this at some point, the response to the bluff. If you think your opponent is bluffing, if if there's this, this uh, you know, to me it's the classic. I'm going to swing with this creature. And the opponent says, I wouldn't swing at me if I were you. I mean, this is straight up. Do they have it or are they bluffing? So what do you do in that situation? Personally, yeah, I, I mean, I mean, obviously, I, I go for, like, well, obviously, I mean, there's there's a certain amount of you know you're going to look at the options and make the decision, or at least your decision should already be leaning one way or the other, you know, right? It, ignoring generally, yeah, ignoring what they say, yeah. How am I going to attack? If I was already going to attack the other person, well, then I really don't care that they've made this statement. <laughs> and in fact, I can I can now use this and say, "Ooh, I'm I can be influenced by bluffing." So you should keep doing that, and eventually you'll leave yourself wide open because you think that you could just talk your way out of the trouble. Yeah, and, and then I I'll hammer we... you. But you know, you can do that, or you can start to play it in as far as what you think. Yeah. So. Personally, I I mean, to, to bring up an example of a game played last week, you know, it was you, me, and a third person. Mm -hmm. Third person was like, I was getting ready to go to combat. He was like, let me know when you get to combat. I said, okay, I'm going to combat. He was like, okay, who are you going to attack? And I was like, I mean, I had Grenzo Havoc Razor out. I was ready to end the game by having you and this other person attack each other until one of you dies. Right. So I was like, I'm going for the person who doesn't have any defenses up. And it was like, clearly this person was bluffing, but it didn't matter to me. 
Right. Uh, I know for a fact that this person had the threat that they were threatening me with. Um, so it wasn't necessarily a bluff. It was just kind of like a out of nowhere threat. Um, where they, they mm-hmm. knew that the end game was coming and they were worried that they wouldn't be there for it. Um, but uh, it's it's tough because, like you said, like if I'm already not going for the person who's bluffing, it doesn't affect my choice at all. I'm just going to go for it. Right. Uh, if, uh, they, if I was going to go for that person, I really have to think about like, what are, what are the, what are the threats that could, that it could be? And what are the chances that they have it? And if my, if the other choice is to go or is to not even go for the other person, like there's a reason I'm not going for the other person. Um, and generally, it's because the other person has a bigger, like, like board state, or is seems more of a threat, or isn't a threat at all. Um, so it's like it it's a matter of uh, if somebody's threatening me and I'm already going for them, I'm gonna continue going for them because I've already made the decision to go for them. Um, and sometimes it, it spells disaster for me, but if my other choice is to not do anything, then I'm just slowing down the game. Right. No. Um, and I'll look foolish if, right. If they were just bluffing. Now for me. And I ain't no fool. (laughs) So for me, um, when I am presented with someone who is offering this this option, yeah, you know, so I'm left with the question: Are they bluffing, or do they have it? If they're offering it as in for informational purposes, meaning, um, you know, if you swing this way, I think I can supplement it. Mm-hmm. Well, me, you know. At that point, I say to myself, well, which way did I intend to go? And I will just go that way. Uh, yeah. And then also realize that if I swing the other way, it's probably going to hit for more. Right. Now, I guess like... How does that affect my result? But when it when the bluff... or When the bluff is that whole, I wouldn't come this way if I were you. This, this veiled right. threat. Of, I, I guess I yeah. probably I have a card, and it's gonna wreck you. For me, I'm coming at them every time because <laughs> I hate that crap. Don't threaten me in a game of magic. Don't don't try and influence where I'm going based on a bluff. Because man, too many times I am easily influenced. To swing at you when you say that. Uh, I just... It drives me crazy when people say that stuff. Um, and and if it means that I walk into it more often than I should, fine. Because I truly believe if I'm going to walk into it, then you just burned your spell. <laughs> you now have to burn the spell to prove me wrong. Because if you don't... Then the next guy up also knows you're roughing. 
You just made it personal, well, kid. you just demonstrated you've got nothing in your hand to stop any of us. So yeah. now you are wide open. You might as well have no cards in hand and no mana untapped. Because you just showed that you got nothing. And even if you do have something and you do stuff me, the next guy has got to be looking at your hand and thinking about what you've just done and said, they can't do that again. <laughs> So they're going to be influenced to go your way. And quite honestly, if they're not, I'm going to remind them that in fact, they just burned a removal spell. How many more do you think they have in their hand? How much mana do you, how much mana do they have left? I'm going to demonstrate what a weakened position they're in because I don't want my, the loss that I just took to go for naught. Yeah. I, I you know, and I'm going to go for it. And I would argue that what I'm doing there is politics, not bluffing. I'm making sure that they, and it's barely even politics, because at that point, I'm just trying to demonstrate the odds that they've got something for you on top of after having just dealt with me are not good. So take your shot. Yeah, and I think it's this this mistake that a lot of players tend to have where they mistake politics and bluffing like they they think it's one and the same um where it's like oh if you don't i mean i've brought up this example a couple times already where it's like oh if you don't come for me like uh i won't come for you for the next couple turns right or like if you if if you don't attack me with that creature i won't kill it and it's like that is a bluff but also like it's such a vague threat yeah uh that it's not it's not political enough right. it's not this it's not this idea that uh you are at all giving up something right. to compromise and honestly um, all things all all others all other things being equal i'm gonna swing at you if you make that offer to me <laughs> like yeah go no bam come at me because yeah. I'm just not putting up with that crap. Not going to do it. Um, I mean, I've played with enough opponents who have the... Uh, <clears throat> um, I mean, I think most people have played with that with the player who says, I won't be attacking anyone unless somebody attacks me. And if they attack Ugh. me, then they are my enemy for the rest of the game. I've played with those kind of people. They've been in my play strategy. And I don't care. I will not. I'm not going to take your your threat, whether it's empty or not, and play into this. I'm swinging at you. Fine. Yeah. Fine. And if they build up fast enough, they're going to be then, yeah, you know clearly what? the threat. Come at me for the rest from, of the game. For everyone But else, as long yeah. as you keep coming at me, you're going to lose. And their attitude is, I don't care if I lose. I just want to discourage you from swinging at me. And I've said to these players over and over again, just so you're aware, you taking me out of this game will do nothing to discourage me from swinging at you the next game. <laughs> so take your strategy and stuff it because it's not going to work here because I'm prepared to lose as much as you are to make you stop playing this ridiculous game. So anyways, I know I'm, I'm getting off of the bluffing aspect, but... I mean, with that strategy... Um, I mean, it's a, it's a bit of a bluff. Like they have to believe enough or they have to like 
emphasize enough this idea that they could even end up taking you out because you attacked them. Like, this is a multiplayer game, not, you know... Right. Well, if you've got one opponent who is entirely dedicated to taking you out of the game and is ignoring everyone else and honestly doesn't even care if they live, they'll take you out of the game. Because the Uh, average person's multiplayer deck can't handle one consistent one player consistently going at them nonstop the whole time you have to burn up too many you know too many resources to just to protect yourself and at some yeah, point my... take them out of the game to then be in a position to actually be able to do anything so um i get where they're going and i get the idea that it's out there and they don't treat it as a bluff they treat it as a fact i'm coming at you every time now like I said, I hate that, and I am going to come at you over and over again, and we're just going to have to Run them right out of town. Yeah. You just have to understand, this is not a play style that's going to be acceptable for me, and, you know, we are not going to have a fun night, because uh, I'm just going to keep coming. I think, like, in the same kind of vein, uh, my favorite, and I'm going to use air quotes there, uh, kind of bluff, I guess, politicking. Uh, is when you attack somebody and they're like, oh, why me? And it's like, like whether you assessed to the board or not, that's not a good enough reason to not attack you. It's it, Because I decided it was time to swing at you. I, right. Especially when it's like the beginning of the game and it's like, right. because I need this game to start. Right. Uh, well, that isn't, see, and to me that at that point, that's not even a bluff. They're not, there's no threat of anything behind it. There's no promise of anything behind it. That's just a straight up whine, you know. <laughs> Why me? Why me? I'm like, well, because it's your freaking turn. And I played against it's a game? and I played against yeah. players like that too, who, uh, you know, they they do this in the hopes of uh, of getting a free pass for the for a first handful of turns while everybody else takes a few points of damage. Yeah. And I've definitely fallen for it, but at the same time like it's it's a thing where if it was why me xyz reasons like like you should be attacking this person cuz this board state or you like this person is clearly more of a threat or whatever or like this person's wide open like that's that's one thing. But when it's just the the why me don't attack me. Right. Right. If if you're if your why me is followed up with, you know, does this really make sense? Because, you right. know, I'm looking at the threat assessment as this, this, and this. I don't really see why, you know, why you would swing at me when I only have this. Um, you know, I mean, a lot of times those sorts of those sorts of threat assessments, and I use that in air quotes, are, mm-hmm. are you know, political, you know, balderdash it, it's it's not you know there's no accuracy behind it at all they're not looking at it from that person's perspective uh you know take your pick but um it just i i just uh i look at that and again you know that comes down to when you're gonna bluff you know yeah don't make the bluff if you're just creating a situation where they are going to call your bluff where they have to uh, you yeah. know, I mean, if you are way out in front and it is obvious and they swing at you, 
you can't or or threaten to swing towards you you can't bluff at that point they've got nowhere else to go whatever you're threatening even if it's death they're gonna die anyway so <laughs> take their shot and you know and if you do kill them well then you kill them and you know what was the net loss for them nothing because they were going to die anyway so um so the basic focus is you know keep in mind when you're bluffing and keep your opponent in mind keep their board state in mind keep their situation in mind and look at it from their perspective before you make the bluff because there are times when they're going to call you on it and you do not want to be bluffing when they feel like they have to call you on it that's the worst time to bluff because they're going to call you on it and your your bluff is going to be seen and then every bluff you make afterwards is is less effective yeah you know and then should you bluff i think you can uh i wouldn't overdo it but just sort of keep it in mind Uh, I, i mean it is a tool it's a tool don't don't abuse the tool and then as far as a response to the bluff, I leave that up to you. I know where I stand on it, and I probably call the bluff way too often, especially if I feel like the bluff is being made in a way to try and control how I'm playing the game. Then I'm just going to come at you, and if you've got it, you've got it. And if you don't, well, I've called you on it, and I'm going to keep doing that over and over again. So stop trying to convince me to go one way or the other it's irrelevant for you to even say it. I think it helps that, uh, for me, um, it's a similar situation, but I think it helps that our playgroup generally, A, doesn't bluff too often. Right. And B, when they do, they're not, uh, I'd say 75% of the time, they're not really great at it. So it's like, you can probably generally tell when they're bluffing unless it's such a minor bluff, like, oh, I'm holding up a counter spell, etc. Like, it, Sometimes it's just so hard to tell because the stakes aren't high enough that it's like... uh, Yeah, um... our group does it so infrequently that, quite honestly, most of the time when they say something and it could be a bluff, it probably isn't. Right. Because bluffing happens so infrequently in our games. Uh, Because more often than not, you know, it's not said as a way to get you to go somewhere else. It's sort of like, I really like your creature. I really like what it does against them. Right. Like, please don't. It's, it's please. actively helping my board state. Right. Me. Please, please don't make me kill it. Yeah, and then you swing in and they kill it. And, you know, I mean, it's like, I was warning you. I, I said you had to do this. And it's like, well, you know, at that point, it's their turn. You understood what was coming and you agreed to it. Because, I mean... Like I said, it's just weighing the bluff. And in, in with our particular group, it's rarely a bluff. So if you're walking into it, you know it, you you know, you're expecting them to actually play the card. You've you've calculated that. And hey, and if you get and if it turns out it was a bluff, well, awesome. You just got a freebie. And you get to make them look like a sucker and y'all and everybody gets a good laugh. So uh bluffing. It's uh it's a, yeah, I was going to say a tool, but that's what you already said. Uh, Don't be a tool. Um, <clears throat> got anything else written down for bluffs? We covered the points I wanted to cover on this. Um, I, I, 
it's uh, it's something that I mean I, I understand that it's 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 a very play group specific topic. Um, yeah. Some groups do a lot of it. Some groups do none of it, and um, it's something that you'll want to keep in mind with your group and how that how that'll work. I mean, there are groups where I would recommend you never bluff, um, just because that's not something the group does, and they're going to frown on you if they find out that you were bluffing. And then it's just something that hangs that, that's being held over your head the entire time. But for the most part, eh, you know, every once in a while. I mean, what? There's a reason <laughs> we hold our cards up and you can't see them. Yeah. You know? Especially now that we're playing on Spell Table. Can't really see... Uh, you can't even see their hand. Yeah. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to keep an eye on you, Bruce. Next time. Next, next game we play. Two days. You watch. You uh, watch. Suddenly, suddenly everybody's asking, how many cards do you have in hand? Oh yeah, I mean last last week uh, when we were playing, there were points where I had no cards in hand, and I'm pretty sure nobody knew that. Right. And it felt so good because I'm sure people <laughs> were like, "I wonder what Andy's got holding up." Like, yeah. nope, nothing. Nothing. Uh, nothing up my short sleeves. The uh, the 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 benefits of modern technology, everyone. There we go. The uh, ever evolving landscape of. Uh, magic technology sounds like an <laughs> oxymoron to me. So, all right, Andy, I think we wrap right, this Bruce, one. Let's finish this up. You can find me on Twitter and on Twitch at Andy Weekend, um, and you can find me on Twitter uh, as at Manaburn. And uh, we're the Temple of the False Pot where our decks aren't optimized, but our plays sure as heck are fun. Uh, so get out there, get bluffing, and we'll see you next time. Bye! Bye-bye! Hey everyone, Andy here. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of Temple of the False Pod. Just a few housekeeping things here at the end of the show. You can find us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, uh, pretty much wherever you can find podcasts. Subscribe and give us a review. It really helps out the show. And it'll show us what you like about our podcast. Uh, Also, we've got a Twitter and an Instagram. Our handle is falsepodmtg, all one word. So be sure to follow us. Feel free to reach out to us there or drop us an email at falsepodmtg at gmail.com and tell us your favorite magic-related story. We'd love to hear from you. Thank you again to you and to Bruce. He's Mana Burned on Twitter, and I'm Andy Weekend on Twitter and Twitch. We're Temple of the False Pod, where our decks aren't optimized, but our plays sure as heck are fun. Have a great night, and may your fifth land be the temple.